still remaining standing, can we just celebrate Jesus as we welcome our daddy to come speak to us for day two? Put your hands together for the Lord. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Give Jesus a clap of praise again. Amen. Father, I want to thank you. I want to worship you. We live you. We love you. We, we, we give all our praises unto you. We give all our thanksgiving unto you. We thank you for this program. Thank you because somebody is out there that this program is blessing. Thank you, Lord, for what we've been sharing. Thank you for what we have today. Thank you for what we have tomorrow. Lord, we promise we are going to give you a praise for everything that we have received in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit. I promise to give you praise for everything you have done in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah, this is the second day of this monthly program. And um, the theme of the program, prevailing thing in the program, and the name of the program is upon Mosiah. Hallelujah. Yesterday, I told you what Mount Zion is. I told you that Mount Zion is the image of the church. When you read about Mount Zion in Old Testament, it's referring to the church in the New Testament. The Bible says, upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Now, we are going to start today by referring to that scripture. So, but I, I began to read from verse 17 once again. Obadiah 17, verse 17. But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Verse 18. The house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble, and they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken it. And they of the south shall possess the month of Esau, and they of the plain the Philistines, and they shall possess the field of Ephraim, the field of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. And the captivity of the hosts of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites, even unto Sarephath. And the captivity of Jerusalem, which is in Sepharath, shall possess the cities of the south. And the saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the month of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord. Well, that the theme of the program, that's the theme of this monthly program, but let me just 
shed some light, you know. When he says, Savior shall come up on Mount Zion, Saviors. The word saviors there means deliverers. Deliverers shall come up on Zion. He's, he's not talking about another savior like Jesus. He's talking about deliverers shall come up on Zion. And when he's talking about deliverers, he's talking about us. You know, because he said the deliverers shall come up on Mount Zion. Mount Zion is the image of the church. He said deliverers shall come from the church. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that scripture because he said deliverers. I'm one of the deliverers. And you, shall be, you can be one of the deliverers. So when he said deliverers shall come up on Mount Zion, he's talking about his children who are in the church who shall be endowed and anointed to bring deliverance to, from, to deliverance to individuals. And um, today, the church, if the church is not doing it, if the children of God is not doing it, it's either they don't know they should do it, or they are not in the spiritual state to do it. But we must do it. You must be a deliverer to someone. Someone is hurting out there. Someone is sick. Someone is possessed. Someone is oppressed. You must be deliverance to them. And you who is going to bring deliverance to them must be delivered yourself. Amen. Because you cannot give what you don't have. Amen. You can only give what you have. When we have some Christians to go and evangelize and speak the gospel to people, they are shy. Maybe they are not born again. Because if you are born again the way I was born again about 43 years ago, <laughs> you know that uh, the day I got born again is the day I started preaching. My pastor just, after receiving Christ, my pastor just threw all of us out. And we began to preach. We have received something. We are giving it out. And I've started preaching since that, and I have not stopped preaching. And I will preach till he comes. Amen. So, deliverance must come from Mount Zion. And those deliverance coming from Mount Zion must be delivered themselves. And I told you yesterday some things. One of the things I told you was the fact that something is happening in the church. You see, when the power of God is not demonstrated in the church, people will look for the power outside the church. The power they are going to get outside the church might be fake. But they will still look for it. Are you aware of that? So, because it is in the church, God has put his power. His delivering power. His healing power is in the church. Anything outside the church is fake. Anything the, 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 the Holy Spirit don't do, no power can do it. So, because the church has lost this torch, so the devil began to raise people with questionable ministries outside. You have so many of them. He began to raise diviners instead of prophets. And a diviner is different from a prophet, right? Praise God. 
Some time ago, I have a nephew who told me that uh, he's looking for a job, and now he said, he said, my brother, who is a pastor, introduced him to a prophet. And he spent three days in that prophet's place. And what was the prophet saying? The prophet was asking him to read Psalms into water and drink. Amen. Did you hear what I said? The prophet asked him to read Psalms into water and drink. So for three days he was praying, reading Psalms into water. And this is a, a guy that I and mommy have been looking for a job for. We are looking for a job for him and uh, mommy connected to his uh, our friend. And the friend said, don't worry, that we should bring him. He's going to admit him, you know, in his company. And uh, the friend has promised us, and he can never fail because he's a friend to mommy. And he got the job by our recommendation. But before then, that he has gone to this prophet, you know, and he was reading some, so only for him to believe that both worked. Our contacting the person worked. The prophet asked him to read something to water also worked. And I told him, you are, you are stupid. If the prophet asks you to read Psalms to water, if I don't go out there and mommy go out there to contact his friend, will you get the job? I said, you did not go to meet a prophet. You went to meet a diviner. There's a difference between a diviner and a prophet. And you must know the difference. The diviner uses familiar spirit. The prophet uses God's spirit. Sometimes they act the same way. The only difference is that in the Holy Spirit way, God will be glorified. Amen. But if you go to a diviner and he asks you to do this and you did it and it seems it's working, the day the diviner did not see you in his temple, eh, he will send something to you and you are going to pray a bigger price. Praise God. But if it's God doing it, he's not going to ask you to do anything. Hallelujah. It is his favor that will bring that. So, a lot of people keep on, you know, I know people that... Uh, their parents are in these occultic things. And uh, you see, one strange thing about Africa, as someone that has traveled around this continent, one strange thing about Africa is that our belief is not pure. Are you listening to me? Our faith in Christ is not pure. How can you be in the church? And be consulting someone. Can't you pray and believe God? You can't find that among the whites. If he believes, he believes. If he doesn't believe, he doesn't believe. But it's convenient for the African to lie. Stay in the church and be doing something else. Speaking in tongue and be consulting. That's in Africa, you see all this. Hallelujah. And it's making people to doubt God's power. Even the so-called ministers, I see, consulting. 
Is it a problem? And you come and you expected hands to be laid upon you like I'm going to lay hand on people. And the man that is laying hand on you is cortic. So when he lays hand on you, he passes your cortic demon into you. Or if he uses the anointing oil, the anointing oil is cortic. Hallelujah. Praise God. And this is what you have all over Africa. Not just Nigeria. 70%. And many times the white will look at us and say, what with these people? Whereas you know that we are the one who brought Christianity to Europe. You don't know? Well, if you come to the Bible school, you know that. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You can't know that on the poopy. The gospel was first in Africa before Europe. The utopian eunuch was an African, isn't it? It was the one who brought the gospel to Africa, to Utopia. Ever before Paul went to Europe, and Lydia, the first convert of Paul in Europe was Lydia, was converted. After that incident of the Utopian bringing the gospel, yeah, before Europe could receive the gospel. But because the Africans are not serious, the devil diverted us, and now you see the white now bringing the gospel back to us. Amen. The gospel that we took to them. Hallelujah. When will this African slavery stop? Amen. Amen. Did you see how they pack all African presidents in the bus? <laughs> huh? Are you happy with that? Huh? Don't you know that is the way they see you? Emma's in Saudi Arabia, UAE, they were all there. They were coming with their chauffeur driver. And they respected them. Kings of Denmark, queens, they were coming to that funeral in their chauffeur-driven vehicle. They respected them. But they said, okay, you Africans, all of you, be in the bus. And they brought you in the bus to the funeral. And the president of Zimbabwe drove the bus. <laughs> Our own Yemi Shibaju was inside the bus. The professor. There was only one African head of state, African president that did not enter that bus. And he's a lady. And he's the president of Ethiopia. He said, no. If I cannot take my chauffeur vehicle to that funeral from my embassy in England, no, I won't go. A lady, the president of Ethiopia. And she stood aside, deserve respect. Huh? Just like others. You know, Ethiopia happened to be the oldest republic in Africa. The oldest, that's where all of us come from. 
lady on Africa by her decision. And she went there with the Shafodri. Can't Nigeria embassy take Usibaju to the place with Shafodri-driven vehicle? Don't they have it there? Because all of you, they see you every time in London. They see what you do in London. They see you hustling and washing the toilet and the bedroom in London. How would they recognize you? How would they respect you? Have you ever seen a white lady, a white man, coming here to wash the toilet? Huh? He may not be educated, but he wouldn't do it. But you with your degree, every time on your phone now, what do you see? Come to Canada, come to Canada, immigrate to Canada, there is a job in Canada. Hmm? The, of the, the, the job of a caregiver in Canada. And they show, they, they show how our people, graduates now, are picking fruits in farms. They send them to a farm in Canada to pick fruits. Hallelujah. Second slavery, continue. We're in slavery again. They see your people smiling to old people in caregiver in the places. <laughs> and everybody is happy. Ah, Mutijakpa, I'm going. Going to be a slave to a white man. Upon Mozion. Hmm? Eh? And the house of Jacob shall do that. Possess their possession. And when you get there, how much do they give them? It's not even to it's not up to three hundred thousand. Are you not handing more than that? Yeah, many some of young people are handing more than three hundred thousand. Yeah, and you pay taxes, and they are not going to give you the salary that they are going to give their national. Amen. You see, you must be delivered. And if you want, must be the first thing to be delivered is your mind. Your mind must be delivered. Your mind must be set free. So I feel that, um, see, I've been preaching like this for many, many years. I travel to all these places. I laugh at them. And I tell them that, look, I remember a white man was asking me, he said, uh, Dr. Austin, I understand that you are rich. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm rich, I'm rich. The way you behave, you don't come here, you don't struggle. You don't struggle. He said, oh, you are a different African. Of course, I'm a different one, you know. Praise God. So one day I will visit you in Nigeria. Come, I will welcome you. I will give you food. Amen. You enjoy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I gave you all yesterday some of the things that uh, could hinder you, false teaching could hinder you, or false doctrine could hinder you. Preconceived ideas go in there you to receive your miracle, your deliverance. 
when you have certain idea locked in your brain. You know, this is the age of information, isn't it? Eh? Isn't it? Hallelujah. Some people used to want to be coming to this church to, with phone and read Bible in phone. I remember I said, no. Go and buy Bible and read. Can you mark phone? Eh? Can you mark when you see something important? Can you, can you mark phone? You can't. Praise God. I'm not saying that is not good for your private time. You understand me? But you come to church with Bible. Or are you afraid? Or are you shy? Hmm? Jesus said, whosoever confess me before men, I will confess before my father. If you don't stand for him, he won't stand for you before his father. He won't give you what you want. Amen. Listen. I used to say to people, to young people that, well, we keep on teaching you, ministering to you, teaching you, because you are the one that needed that. Amen. I've lived my life in this earth, and I've seen things. Amen. You are the one who wants to handle millions. Isn't it? Even if you don't work, you want to handle millions. I don't have a problem with millions, but I've been handling millions since. Hmm? So we teach you what is going to happen. We teach you what you must do. We teach you if you are going this way. No, that's not the way. You are not going to get it. I told you yesterday that even if they brought you to court, they say you should join court. Listen to me. Listen to me. You know there are a lot of courts now. You know, Freemason, Illuminati, and all that. All those courts that you hear. There are so many of them from abroad. Anyone that comes to you and says you should join court, if you agree, it's your senior in that court. Are you aware of that? Because they told him to bring a disciple. And he brought you there. It's your senior. If you are, not, if you are going to break through in that course, in that court, it depends on him. If he doesn't allow you to break through, you are not going to break through. You are just going to be a member suffering. The second thing, that person will determine when you are going to die. Hmm? Yes. Because you, he cannot bring you there without donating blood. And he's going to determine when you are going to die. Praise God. I look at my phone today. I was showing Billy. A young man said he has only two years. Is it two years that he said he's going to live? So he had eight billion. And he bought a house in Banana Island. And he said, you know, he has two years to live. Some people are saying, I beg, bros, remember me now. Give me part of this money. <laughs> if you have only two years and you have eight billion in your hand. That is not possible if it's not in court. It is the court that gave it to him and say, you have two years to live. 
There is no pastor that can pray for that young man and he will be delivered. He wanted money and he had the money. Money is God that people worship. Yes, God blesses people with money, but in his own way. Amen. Not in your way. So what am I going to do? If I'm going to hinder my hinderer, what am I going to do? First, you must remove those things that are hindering you by the knowledge of God's word. The word of God. You cannot joke with the word of God and remove hindrance from your life. It's not possible. Amen. Praise God. When you have preconceived ideas and notions in your head, what can remove that preconceived ideas or thoughts is the word of God. You are now going to see what God says about that matter. That what God says about that matter is quite different from what those ideas thrown at you are saying. Hallelujah. Remove them by a knowledge of God's word. That's why you must read the Bible. If you don't read the Bible, your deliverance may be a little bit tough because you get to a place whereby you have to apply scripture. When the devil come to Jesus, what did, he, what did Jesus do? Huh? He used scripture. Why? When the devil was tempting him and throwing scriptures at him, misquoted scripture. The devil was throwing scripture at him. Don't you know that the devil said for it is written? Quoting scripture? The devil was not the devil was not talking to him anyhow. The devil quoted to him what he knew but misquoted. Did you read it there? was misquoting the scripture, pulling out of context. And the devil, the Lord knew. And said, Satan, wait, I created you. It is written. He took him to the pinnacle of the temple. Do you know how that happened? Hmm? Do you think the devil just grabbed him and took him there? It took him there spiritually, in the vision. Cast your feet down, for it is written. He will send his angels all over you. They will grab you, lest your feet touch the stone. Is that not Bible? That's Psalm. But the devil knew, the Lord knew that he's misquoting that scripture. Praise God. What the devil wants him to do is what a man did in Ibadan years ago. 
after fasting for so many days, he said he's going to go inside the lion den at the zoo of University of Ibadan. They call himself Prophet Daniel. And he now went inside the zoo after 21 days fast. Went inside the zoo and the lion saw a big meat that day and grabbed him and tear him to pieces. You know? Those carnivorous animals, when they tear you, the first thing they look for, the first thing they do, they put their teeth here. The second thing is to remove your heart. That's what the first they do. They remove your heart. And wide open, the lion dealt with Prophet Daniel. That is what the devil wanted Jesus to do. Cast yourself down, for it is written. Jesus said, when I created you, it's not that way. Satan. Honor your God. Serve your God. Him you must serve. Defeated him. So it is through the word of God that you defeat the devil. When you know the scripture, you are going to defeat the devil. You always speak to your mind. Amen. Somebody asked me, how do I know I am exercising faith? When we tell you stand up the scripture, quote, stand upon the scripture, quote the scripture, stand upon the scripture, you know, confess the scripture. And somebody is asking, how do I know I'm exercising faith? Very simple. If you, are, if you are exercising faith and you are confessing that scripture, you will see negative thoughts against your mind. That's how you know. That scripture you are quoting, you are confessing to God, the devil will say it's a lie. Eh? Why are you quoting that? It's a lie, you know. So you see the barrage of thought against your mind. When you have that barrage of thought against your mind, you are acting perfectly. Keep on confessing that word. Because remember, he knows the scripture too. You know? Praise God. Praise the Lord. I want to ask question. Why is, it, why is it that Jesus didn't kneel down at that time and started praying to the Father? When the devil came to him. Eh? Father, you know he has come. Please, save me, Father. That's too late to pray. That, that time is too late to pray. That's not the time you pray. You pray before then. Hallelujah. They took me to where that happened that day. You know, when I went to Israel, they took me to where this temptation took place. And, um, you know, that time it was a very big, tall hill. Tall hill. And it's still tall up to now. So they show us where it was fastened. Eh? Inside the cave where it was fastened. They show us when they finished that fasting before the temptation started, he left that cave and sat and sat outside. They show us where he sat. And the, the, the devil came to him. When they showed that to me, 
I cannot hold back my tears. When I saw the cave, so somebody without food, without water, was in this cave day and night because of us. And he came out and the devil tempted him. So if the devil tempted him, whom would the devil not tempt? Nobody. Hallelujah. You must make sure you cast out or cast down any imagination, any thought that rates itself against the knowledge of God that you have. That's how to hinder the hinderer. But if you don't have that knowledge, what are you going to cast down when it comes? Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 5 to 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 5 to 7. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that they assault itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Verse 6. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Let's just read verse 4 with it. For the weapons of our warfare are not cannot, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Then he said, casting down imaginations. Hallelujah. Cast it down what? Every imagination that comes against your mind, against the knowledge of God that you have, you cast it down. How do you cast it down? No, no, Satan. No. In the name of Jesus, this is not what God says. This is what God says. You bring that thought to obedience of Christ's word. Thoughts will always come against your mind. Those people who use drugs and kill their siblings and kill their mother and father, what do you think happened? Yes. Their mind is astray. They cannot control their mind anymore because of the influence of the spirit of drugs. So, the next thought that comes to their mind, they act on it. Somebody killed his mother. And they ask him, you have killed your mother? He said, no, I have not killed my mother. How can I kill my mother? And he has killed the woman. The mind cannot be controlled anymore. 
Because they are influenced, they have influence, drug influence. Hallelujah. I remember when I was in the world, a little bit, I was doing sunshine bobo. In those days, you do sunshine bobo, you know. I was, I want to be, you know, I want to feel hard and be crazy like all young people. So on some occasion, I took what we call ganja. Now, I was, I was used to smoking cigarettes, so I decided, one of my friends said I should try it. I was resisting it, but one day in the same room, he said that I'm not a man. <laughs> if I'm a man, since he's been spoken this thing, what happened to me? Try this thing now. Praise God. And I want to prove that I'm a man. You understand? A very real and strong man. So what I did was I took the one wrapped for me, put it on my... I've not even spoke half of it. <laughs> I began to... I began to... My eye began to waver and all that. So I took the rest. I gave it back to him. He said, ah. He said, you are too lazy. I said, let, let me be happy. Let me... This one is okay, you know. <laughs> and uh, I was to walk from where we took the thing to my house. It was not a long distance. It was a short distance. All the ground began to roll. Not only that, people began to appear as lilliputs to me. Small, 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 small. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. You see. That is what happens when somebody smokes marijuana. All of you, you'll be like this before the person. That is, <laughs> you cannot see anybody influence of uh, ganja that you respect. One of them locked uh, a policeman recently. And he's in custody now. Lock a policeman, slap that policeman. Praise God. The same thing, cocaine. Amen. So, you see, what they do now is that they try this thing so that if the police arrest them, they call their big man who is in the same smoking and club. And those people will just call the police, release, release, my friend. Yeah. Say, yes, sir. <laughs> you understand? You see, they know if they do that, nothing will happen to them. They have some big men, you know, at their back and call. They arrest the person. They release that my friend. Yes, sir. I will release him. <laughs> and that's all. You know? So, you see, those things get your mind warped. And you can't control your thought. Amen. The devil is at play. So, you cast all those thoughts down. I don't understand. The, the drug has taken over our youth today. It is so... Nigeria have not realized the problem that's in our society with drugs. They don't know. They just sit up out there speaking English. It's a perennial problem. We are to, I'm not talking about those who take... It's only those who are rich that can take cocaine. I'm talking about the small, small ones, the small, small drugs. Eh? 
You see? All this Colorado and thing. Go to Agege there. Eh? This is what they, these young people take in Agege and all that. Those ones are not uh, expensive. Because they want to feel high. If you want God to deliver you, you must humble yourself. What do I say? Humble yourself. The Bible says that God looks at the proud from a distance. And he did what? He gave grace to the humble. It is the humble that have grace. Where you are going to get to in life, don't worry. When you are serving God, you will get there. I say you will get there. There is no, no need for you to copy negative things. and You get there when you study. Don't you know that? You see, Jesus is not a man. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Jesus is our God. No, he's not a man. He knows you very well. He knows the address of your house. Uh, you know he doesn't know the address of your house. There are angels working for him. Isn't it? They know we are here. They have been here before you come here. You know? And we must make do to come here because they are here before us. You see? They know us. They know your aspiration. Praise God. They know your desire. I always tell the young people, you better have a covenant with God. That's the secret of life. Do you understand it at all? I remember mommy talked about it. You see, covenant is a relationship between two people. Hmm? So if you have covenant with God, you tell God, hmm? Lord, I want you to bless me. If you bless me, this is what I will do for you. Isn't it? Eh? This is what I will do in your house. This is what I will be doing. Eh? That's covenant. Isn't it? And he will bless you. Praise God. You see, a man that comes to this life without vision is a useless man. Hmm? If you have no vision, it means you can die at any time. Yeah? But if you have a vision, you will live long. Because you have told the Lord what did Nehemiah did. The, the Bible says, Nehemiah had a burden to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, which had been casted down. And he was at the top level of the administration of that empire. It was the one who served the king. Why? But he's serving the king. But his heart is with his city to rebuild his city. And he has no money. He has no influence. He doesn't even know how to tell the king. He was a servant. But he told the Lord, Lord, I want to go and rebuild your wall. There are people living in that Jerusalem. They saw the walls are down. 
They never had the vision to rebuild it. And they are Jews like himself. But he said, Lord, send me back home to rebuild this shameful world of Jerusalem, my city, your city, where you put your name. Help me with our boldness, with our covenant with the Lord. He approached the king. Is an apparition, is something that can cost him a life. When you approach a Persian king, you servant. And he told the king, he had favor before the king. What do I say? And the king said, he was surprised. The king said, when are you going? He looked at it. Those things in those days are wicked kings. They ruled the whole world. And he said, when are you going? That's just the answer. Why? Because Touch the heart of the king before he tells the king. He said, I will tell you, king, so, 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 this is what happened to the war. The, the king doesn't know any information about that war. He knows the information. He reel out to the king. And the king said, okay, I will give you permission to go. That was all. Why? He had vision. You see, all how the money came from the people. People who are living in that don't have vision. And this money is in the hands of the people to rebuild the wall. And they never thought about it. And here is a leader who came with a vision. And they started responding. Amen. You have not told God enough what you want to do. You know what you have been telling him? Bless me so that I, I'll be able to ride this latest jeep. That's what you've been telling him. And he will look at you and say, very stupid boy. <laughs> very stupid boy. My work is there. You didn't talk about it. You are talking about riding the latest jeep. Instead of you to say, Lord, bless me. I will do your work. I'll put more, this money in your work. I know when you are doing that, you will ride the jeep. Amen? When you put his work first, first seek the kingdom of God and all is righteous. All other things shall be added. When you tell him that this is what I want to do in your house, this is what I want to do in your work, bless me, he will bless you. And you start doing it, you will see right whatever you want. What is Jeep? Is it not machine? Eh? So you ride that in heaven. Eh? Praise God. Do they bless? Do they spend naira in heaven? What about dollars? Hmm? And this is what people are just running after. That's what people pursue. It's not. It's, that is not your portion. Amen. Amen. In those days, Jim Reeves sang a song. He said, it is no secret what God can do. What is done for others, he will do for you. Eh? With arms wide open, he will pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. It's no secret what God can do. 
He's done it for other people. He wants to do it for you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But you don't put machine first before him. Hmm? Put his kingdom first before machine. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I have a friend who is a professor. When I rode in his Jalupika, when I visited a which I rode in Jalupika, he's my friend, he's a professor. I was thinking, I said, God, have mercy on this man. Now he is a professor. But this car is riding, I cannot ride. Can I ride such a car? All the board crash. <laughs> you cannot read the mice. <laughs> there is nothing like the, <laughs> that board again in the car. Hmm? Hmm? And he said, you know, you know, man of God, I'm looking for another engine to this guy. I said, Professor, stop talking. <laughs> stop talking this way. God will give you another new one. You are talking about engine. He said, I'm you. <laughs> he doesn't even believe for a new car. He said he wants to buy an engine. I said, which engine? <laughs> if you buy engine, you buy body. Eh? Everything is rickety. I said, Professor, stop telling me you want to buy engine. Which kind of engine? Believe God for a car, a new one. This is not a car. And he said, Amen. He doesn't believe. That's, that's oppression. That's what oppression does. Oppression will not let you know that you can have a good thing. Hindrances will not allow you to know. Unless you wake up in your heart. Praise God. You should be rejecting second best. Are you listening to me? You know there is first best and second best. Reject second best. Reject bronze and believe God for good. You know, bones look like gold, but it's an alloy. Sometimes when you are praying, the devil will push bones to you. If you get it, you succumb to it, it's like, you know that, this is also all right. <laughs> Whereas you are not praying for bones, you are praying for gold. But he knows what he's doing. He will push bronze for you. And when he says, ah, bronze, it's good, it's shining too, you know, and he has grabbed you. That your gold will never come. Hallelujah. In this fellowship, I don't want to see you. Say you want to buy a car, you buy a rickety one. Not this fellowship. I will tell you, believe God for the best. Amen. Amen. Don't come and tell me that, Daddy, this one is manageable. Manageable. Did I teach you to manage things? I taught you to direct things. Are you a director or manager? Director. Director. Not manager. Hmm? 
Don't come and tell me that this is uh... You know, when I was growing up as a Christian, before I closed, when I was growing up as a Christian in those days in the university, they taught us faith message, you know, and all that. And I was acting, you know, by faith and it's working. You know, at that time, there was no, there was no tuition, but you have to buy your food. You are in those days, you know, they give up. Sometimes I don't have money to buy ticket, food ticket. But I will use my faith, I will pray, and I will believe God. And some friends will put tickets in my Bible. And I opened it, I saw food tickets in my Bible. Oh, praise God, my faith worked, you know. Now listen, I know this secret of holding on to God before you get the best. I know that secret. Praise God. If you are looking for a job and you have not told job God, this is the bar of the salary I want to start with. Yeah? Tell him. If you are in job now, amen. Tell him to change your salary. Can you do it? Oppression will tell you he cannot do it, but he can do it. You know? Tell him the bar. Amen. Praise God. So towards it. Amen. So towards that particular one, the bar you want. I, I want this bar. Praise God. You are looking for a job. Your last, uh, your last salary was 70,000, 80,000. Is that money? Hmm? You know these people in Nigeria, they know how to send people to slavery. All these employers, you know. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, you are just there and the hinderer is hindering you. Every day is hindering you. Some people are supposed to be into this program now. Do you know why they are not here? Satan hindered them. What do I say? Hindered them. Doesn't want them to listen to what we are preaching. Paul said, I will have come to you now and again. But Satan hindered me. Apostle Paul, with all the anointing, Satan still hindered him. Hmm? Satan hinder is the hinderer. Hallelujah. You must not let him hinder you. Amen. Anything physical for a child of God in this world, anything physical is nothing. Praise God. It's nothing. When you begin to walk in the realm of Mulasburos, you see things that will be happening. You are in the realm of the miraculous. Things will be happening, then you will, you will, you will be surprised. Then when you have something came to your mind to do for God, something, a seed come to your mind to sow for God, be open with it and do it. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He just wants you to act by faith, then he'll be there to grab you. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Don't let the hindering thought hinder you. Or tell you you can't do it. Hallelujah. I remember when Pastor Kumui was in the University of Lagos as a lecturer. And at that time, he was teaching us at that time, you know, the gospel in deeper life. So they went to Kumasi to plant a branch of deeper life in Kumasi. And there was no money. But the opportunity has come. Pastor Kumi had one car. One Jalopi 404 car. You know, I'm talking about 40-something years ago. I'm not talking of now. And that was his only car as a lecturer. And he said, Lord, give the, sold the car. Give them the money to go and plant the branch. And in this Lagos, that man of God entered Mulue for nine months before another, man, another car come. Does that limit him? Look at where he is today. It is those sacrifices that God is looking for. Amen. Amen. Those sacrifices. Nine months, lecturer, local. Until somebody came along and said, Esther, God said I should give you this. Give him another car. Do you think God forgets your seed? Eh? <coughs> Does it? <coughs> that seed is to prevent the hinderer from hindering you. And when that seed is before him, he looks at the seed. This young man has done this. Let me not fail him. Amen. Amen. Let me not fail this young man. <clears throat> and it's God that cannot fail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will not allow the devil to hinder me. So I will throw my faith above. Hallelujah. There are some things I am seeding for now, planting seed for. When you see it manifesting and I see it in my hand, know that I planted seed for it. Amen. Hmm? Recently, I was telling Pastor Billy, I woke up and God said, you said you are going to live for 100 years. I said, yes. And you had five years with it for me. The next thing he asked me is that, have you begin to sow seed towards it? I've never had that in my life. Sow seed towards your whole age. I said, no. Okay, start planting seed. Have you ever heard of that? He told me. I can plant seed for anything. I've been planting some seed now. When you see it now, then you know that when you see your general vice now riding on a plane, 
Don't be surprised. I've planted that seed for years. When you start planting that seed, you wait. Eh? We'll bring it to pass. Praise God. Praise the Lord. We must not allow this hindrance. Lastly, let me tell you something before I close. Talk about exercising faith. I've been talking about faith. The last one I want to talk about is seek the anointing. What do I say? Yes. You must seek the anointing. <laughs> Isaiah 10.27 And it shall come to pass in that day that his body shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. It is the anointing that destroyed the yoke. Hallelujah. Those of you who have started ministering to here, I want to tell you, when I start ministering to you, anything can happen. Amen. Because the anointing will destroy that yoke. That yoke. That yoke. He said his yoke shall be destroyed. Hallelujah. Keep on taking that opportunity for the yoke to be destroyed in your life. Seek the anointing. I told you that I'm going to teach yesterday, I'm going to teach today, tomorrow we start ministry. Amen? That's it. I don't minister without teaching first so that your faith will be built up. Seek the anointing. It is the anointing that destroys yoke. Yoke of a sensual spirit. Yoke of witchcraft. Yoke of oppressing demon. Yoke of poverty. How many of you know that poverty is a spirit? Hmm? Eh? Come and ask me. In this Lagos, when I was poor, nobody hears me. Do you want to hear somebody that is poor? No, no, no. You can't, you can't hear a poor man. You can only hear a rich man. Isn't it? And somebody is poor. Nobody. The Bible says people run away from poor people. That's why it's in the word of God. A poor man doesn't have a friend. Who will be the friend of a poor man? Hmm? Friends will run away from him. But when he started having friends, everybody will come around. That's why the Bible says the rich has many friends. Amen. The rich has many friends. Poverty is a spirit. Poverty is a sin. And it is the yoke, the, the anointing that can destroy the yoke of poverty in the life of people. It is the same oppression of poverty that will tell you when we preach that you can have this, you can have that. 
will be telling you no. Hmm? They will be telling you it is too much. That's poverty spirit. Praise God. The idea that comes inside you to exercise, it will tell you, no, you cannot exercise that idea. Say, no, 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 you can't do that. The same poverty spirit. Attack idea in your mind. Some of you are supposed to be innovators. You are supposed to innovate, to bring money. Poverty will say, no, 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 no. You can't do that. Amen. You can't do that. Poverty spirit will tell you that there are only some places you can build. You can't build in some places. When we build this house, some people envy or said, instead of reverence, to go and find a plot in Abu Lekba to build. It's building inside of Mali. They really said it. You see now? He said, Oh, come waste to hold on busy normally, waste to woo. Instead of him to find a plot in Abu Lekba and build. <laughs> you see, there are people saying that about me. He said, I'm, I'm wasting money to build in Omole. That I should find a plot in Abu Lekba. That is out of envy, isn't it? Praise God. Of course, they know Abu Lekba is different from inside of Mali. They didn't know that. They didn't know that. Hmm? Envy. They envy you. You see? They make a lot of comments. I don't care. I don't care when God is moving in my life. I don't care what you say. It's none of my business. I've come to this world once. Hmm? I will achieve all that I want to achieve once. When Jesus tarries, I will achieve all. And when he comes, I go. I don't need this dusty place anymore. You know that? Over there is not dusty. No, never. Praise God. But why I'm here, I will have the best, use the best, not the second best. Praise God. God is. I want to prophesy. God is going to be doing some things in this ministry, raising people off in this ministry. That when you open your mouth, you say that this is what God is doing. People will not believe. You see. Even your friends, when you tell them this is what God is doing, they will not believe. They say, ah, so where is that your church? Yeah, yeah. They will be looking for the church. It started happening. Amen. Amen. You see it happen. You know? Praise God. I don't want to have a church 
that I will be giving the members transfer money back home. You know, I've had such a church before. When I was in Tokwemi. Eh? All the church members, when they come, half of them will not have transport back home. I will take out of the offering, I will be giving them again. I don't want to have such a church. Amen? Amen. It's either I'm called or I'm not called. Eh? If it is that kind of church I want in this environment, ah, no problem, we know what to do. Eh? That will do church, you know? <laughs> and everywhere will be filled. Oh, and bet those people that are coming, let them give offering. 50 50 naira. Is that the kind of church you want? 50 50 naira. Go to some CAC church. There will be 1,000, but go and look at the offering box. 100 naira, 15 naira, and they will dance with it. 100 naira, 15 naira, 100 naira, 15 naira. I don't want such a church. Amen. Then you will say, ah, these people with these numbers, look at offering boss. Sunday morning, it's now up to 10,000. A pastor of such a church will die with hunger. Hmm? Amen. I don't want such a church. I want to build people up. I want people to grow up and inherit their inheritance. Bible says the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. I want you to possess your possession. Possess it. Your possession. That is why we are doing this program. It's for to minister to people to possess their possession. Amen. And you will. In Jesus' name. Amen. You will possess your possession. Hallelujah. Amen. You possess your possession. Amen. In Jesus' name.